to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Okay. number of different stories to get into here today. Um, a lot of things, of course, going on around the world that goes without saying. Um, some interesting school news as well. And then I want to, it's just, it's kind of going to bounce around here in this episode a little bit, but I'm going to uh, provide a bit of a follow-up as well toward the end from the Canadian truck driver who we had on a few weeks back, and um, they're clamping down harder and harder on truck drivers and international travel from Canada to the United States as a result, of course, of the jabs. And they sent me some documents too, because now their employer is asking them to fill out particular documents, basically saying whether or not they've taken the jabs or not. And of course they haven't, which is great, and they're not going to. But um, she sent me some information there, and, and I'm going to uh, just read that toward the end. There's also a little interesting hit piece that was written about me a couple of weeks back that I rather accidentally stumbled upon. I decided to use Google for the first time in, oh, I don't know, maybe six years or so, perhaps a little less than that. But I never use Google as a search engine, and I decided to just Google my name for the first time in, I don't know when. Again, I don't search my own name on the internet, but I did come across uh, a local hit piece from an online news outlet, quote-unquote. It's basically a left-wing propaganda rag for the most part. Um, in fact, that's exactly what it is. But I'm going to read from that article as well, because it's rather, <clears throat> it's, it's beyond embarrassing. And it was, in fact, written by a, a female high school senior in the local high school here, which is even more funny. But first, I wanted to get into this briefly. Fortunately, uh, the fake Biden administration in federal court got shot down regarding their employee mandate for individuals to receive the jabs. And it was, I think, businesses that had both over 100 and under 100, but particular over 100 people that uh, forcing these employee employers to basically jab all of their employees or else they get fired or they get fined or all of that business. Um, I have the actual doc, the legal document here, and I just want to read one particular paragraph, which I think is really, really well written. And it, it basically just highlights this entire charade for the most part. But it says this on page 20 under section D of the uh, Fifth Circuit Court filing regarding, again, the stance on OSHA and how they aren't going to be able to enforce this whatsoever. In fact, it's a, it's a permanent stay, which is great. It says the following, quote, For similar reasons, a stay is firmly in the public interest. From economic uncertainty to workforce strife, the mere specter of the mandate has contributed to untold economic upheaval in recent months. Of course, the principles at stake when it comes to the mandate are not reducible to dollars and cents. The public interest is also served by maintaining our constitutional structure and maintaining the liberty of individuals to make intensely personal decisions according to their own convictions, even or perhaps particularly when those decisions frustrate government officials. I like that paragraph so much that that right there is 
something that should be cut and pasted into legal documents when going after school boards or even in any legal claim or a liability claim or injury claim that is made against school board members or made against administrators in K-12 schools or even university settings. Because again, it right there says in a formal legal document from judges that we, of course, the people, have the right of liberty and freedom over our own bodies regarding our own health. It's, it's that simple. And again, coercion is theoretically a crime. You can't say, well, you better put a poison in your body or else. And that's, of course, been happening this entire time. But it's uh, a 22-page document. It's an interesting read, to say the least. I kind of like some of the legalese because, in particular, you get down to the bottom. It sort of starts to summarize the entire legal case instead of going through every single previous legal uh, lawsuit, so to speak, that's that's been filed before or, again, precedent that has existed in the past. And there's plenty of it, as you might expect, which, again, is uh, it's shocking that it would even get to this case. But that right there should tell people how how few individuals and how evil these people are, that they are not interested in the law. They're interested in subverting the law in any way that they can, rewriting the law, or misinterpreting it on purpose for the sole means of, of control. So, yeah. But it's, it's nice that that's not going to be a problem now, or at least in the foreseeable future. Here's the next one, and this comes from the Gateway Pundit from a couple of days ago. And again, I'm, this is happening more and more. Uh, and, it, and again, it shouldn't shock anyone that this happens because we'll get the occasional story of this happening, and then all of a sudden there's five of them, and then all of a sudden there's ten of them, and then it just keeps pouring out. But it's titled the following, Elementary School Nurse Accidentally Vaccinates Wrong Six-Year-Old Student Without Parental Consent. And I love their use of the word accident. Again, why any nurse is administering any shot of any kind on school grounds is beyond me. This has got to be against the law in the future. In the new society that's being built, this kind of, this kind of action has got to be against the law. We cannot have individuals receiving drugs um, or, or these vaccines or poisons or whatever you want to call them. On, on, the, on school grounds. I mean, think about that for a minute. You can't even carry a gun on school grounds legally. Even if you have a concealed carry permit or your, the gun is locked away in your glove box of your automobile. But you can dish out all of this. And then again, potentially kill students in the process. Um, it's just awful. But again, there's got to be some laws that, that keep this from happening nationwide. Says the following quote, a nurse working for the Calvert County Health Department gave a student at Dowell Elementary School in Lusby, Maryland, a COVID 19 vaccine without consent from the student's parents. This comes from 100% fed up. It says, the student was six years old and did not have consent from their parents, even after the child told the nurse they weren't supposed to get the vaccine. The student was still given the jab. 
According to ABC7 News, the six-year-old was mistaken for a different student who shared the same name. A medical mix-up like this could have perilous consequences, but fortunately the child is reportedly okay following this accidental vaccination. No, they're not going to be okay. That's the thing. They're not going to be. And the parents should sue the ever-living shit out of that entire school and the district and the nurse personally and countless other individuals. And that's a big payday right there. Even if the child, again, at face value, seems fine right this second. I'm sorry. It's not going to get better for them over the course of time. It continues. It says, this is not the only case of a child being accidentally or incorrectly vaccinated. For example, in early November, 112 kids were given the wrong dose of the COVID vaccine in Loudoun County, Virginia. Soon, after three kids in the same county received the wrong vaccine dose again. See, it really is the school boards that have to be the ones that put an end to this. In all localities, they're the ones that can have the say. They can say, look, we're no longer administering flu shots on our property. We're no longer doing blood donations on our property. We're no longer doing jab buses on our property. You would think, you would think that with the, I don't want to use the word power, but the elected influence, if you will, and the responsibility that they would know what their oaths of office are. You would think that. You would think that the moment that they took the oath of office as as school board members, that they would know the laws that they have to follow. Because as I've mentioned before, the laws that they have to follow exceed the average citizen's. Yes, there are laws that we have to follow, but we don't have to follow the laws that they have. They have way more. The moment they put their hand on a Bible, or probably in their case, oh, I don't know, some other satanic book of some kind, um, and there are many I could mention, but the moment that they do that, they are responsible for endless codes, both state and federal. And you would think again, that they would do whatever they could to make sure that they were distancing themselves from any and all possible liability as a result of inoculating minors on their property or having, again, blood donation vans on their property or jab buses on their property. You would think they would just say, no, we're not doing any of that. The only thing that's going to exist here are books, paper, pencils, the occasional computer perhaps, and students and teachers. That's it. We're not, we're not administering drugs. We're not pulling blood from people. Again, somewhere along the line, and I know it's a long time ago, but schools just became full-blown factories of outside influence. And it's as if they have forgotten that their job is to not do these things. Again, um, you can see it in lots of different lines of work. I mean, <laughs> McDonald's, for God's sakes. You go to a McDonald's, you can get free McNuggets if you get a jab. Think about that. Think of, the again, the overlapping of different professions, so to speak. It's beyond blatant, I think.
and it's beyond ridiculous and it's it's already gotten people killed and it's going to continue to do so as long as they continue to associate with such outside influence um here's the next one and this one again was interesting and it kind of leads into some other things here that that uh sort of carry out the rest of this episode but Last week, there was a story again out of Scottsdale Unified School District regarding their board president doxing parents and uh, driving around on his motorcycle and taking video footage of parents' license plates for the purpose of, of doxing them in the future and sicking the dogs on them and whatever else, figuring out again where they live and then, I don't know. I'm speculating, but vandalizing or smearing them online or, again, just sharing their home address online with with endless individuals. Uh, The the board president's name is Mark Greenberg, if I'm saying that right. I'm sorry. Here we go. Uh, Jan Michael Greenberg. So his behavior shouldn't shock anyone, number one. Uh, School boards do this to people because... Marxists do this to people. This is a classic Bolshevik tactic, dating back again to the early 1900s in the time of Vladimir Lenin. The Bolsheviks would do this very thing. They would meet up, they would say, we need to identify these individuals, and then we need to smear them. We need to vandalize their property, find out where they work, harass them at their workplace, lie to their boss about them, um, and XYZ. And it just goes down the list. Again, these kinds of behaviors are not shocking because the Marxist ideology is embedded not just within schools, but it's the people. It's the very behaviors of the very people that are in these environments. They are the problem. And again, if school boards can't get rid of these kinds of people, and then a new school board, which again is primarily focused on freedom and independence, and gets rid of kinds of teachers that espouse to these ideologies and administrators that do the same, nothing will change. Nothing will change in an environment. You know, you can continuously put lipstick on a pig from time to time, but it's still a pig. You can keep reaching into the refrigerator, grabbing the carton of milk, knowing that it's bad, and keep smelling it just to see if it's still bad or not. If it's bad, it's time to dump it out, or you just walk away. So, you know, an example, again, the the Scottsdale Unified School District in Arizona is a perfect example of a school district where their parents should just walk away, and I mean all of them, and and their students should just leave. This is the, again, this is the kind of behavior that exists in lots of different towns and lots of different cities. And uh, if it's too infiltrated with this kind of behavior and these kinds of people, then you have to just leave permanently. They cannot be saved. So. There's not necessarily a reason to save them that I can see, uh, but yeah, there you go. Here's, um, again, this is an old story too. I wanted to just briefly touch on this before I move on to a couple of final things here. Um, I haven't commented too much on the Merrick Garland stuff regarding the Attorney General of the United States or fake Attorney General of the United States. Uh, and how, again, he was very specifically working with, and or at least members of the Department of Justice were directly working with the National School Board Association to, again, char- uh, you know, characterize 
parents as domestic terrorists and and whatever else. Um, it, it clearly reveals that that's the case. So, I mean, he can lie about it all he wants under oath. The fact is, is that all of this was premeditated. All of this was coordinated. All of it was planned out. And again, if it can happen at the local level, it's happening at the federal level. If it can happen at the federal level, it's happening at the local level. So I don't know what else I can really add to that particular story. The cat is out of the bag when it comes to these people. And uh, we know what they're capable of. We know what they're doing. They cannot be trusted. Um, They are the enemy. They've identified themselves as such. And again, anything that they touch or anything that they move close to, we should just simply move away from it. Which again is why I, I just don't think that K-12 schools by and large can, can, can be saved. I think that they have to crumble because of, again, their immorality, their illegality, and the evidence that j- they've just shown us over the course of time. It's overwhelming. And it's just too overwhelming. But there is a, a, a there is some good news, which is this next audio clip I wanted to get to in this story, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Um, and I was laughing out loud when I first watched this uh, first <laughs> first watched this audio clip. It's just great. Uh, this comes from the Daily Mail, and it's titled "Portland School Board Conservatives Majority Fires Superintendent Over Zoom for Failing to Remove Black Lives Matter Flags from School Fast Enough After Vote to Ban Them." It says Newburgh Superintendent Joe Morlock was fired in a 4-3 vote on Tuesday night. Board members did not explain their vote during the public Zoom meeting. But same board mem- uh, but same board recently banned controversial political symbols from schools. Good. They should. It then says Morlock was apparently fired for failing to enforce the new policy quickly. Liberal liberal community members of the Portland suburb expressed fury over the vote. This is awesome. And again, this right here is a perfect example of what the majority can do and what the majority should do. And I've brought it up in the past. The moment you get the majority, you'd better cut loose your superintendent. That's the first move that has to be made. Because again, whether the superintendent is working hand-in-hand with board members to push forth their radical ideologies or not, cut them loose. Just cut them loose. Superintendent turnover rates tend to be remarkably high, and when they're not high, that also raises suspicion. Anytime I hear of of someone being a superintendent in a school district longer than five years, I mean, that person's doing something and it's probably not right. So I've heard of, again, superintendents being superintendents for 25 years. First of all, they're making a killing as far as their paycheck is concerned. I mean, that's a ton of money. But these people have got to go. And fortunately, in this, they did. Now, there's a hilarious comment that gets made also in this in this meeting from, I'm going to butcher her last name, but her name is Re- Rebecca Pyros. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Either way, she starts crying in this meeting over the superintendent being voted out. And then the superintendent chimes in with arguably the weakest line that I've ever heard. Uh, And again, it coming from him is just uh, the definition of irony, among other things. Just absolutely hypocritical, too. But 
this Rebecca older lady just starts sobbing and you can see the smiles on other people's faces and they're just smiling and they're like, yep, you're, you're all nuts. So <laughs> I'm going to play this audio, give this a listen because again, this comes directly from their Zoom meeting where they fired him. All right. Those in favor of the motion, please raise your hand. Richard Brown, DeHart, Powell, and Shannon. Those not in favor, raise your hand. Rector's Pena, Pyros, and Penner. Motion 4-3. I, I, I protest that n- none of you had anything to say why you wanted to do this. That the public is... is, is it's, it's done. We've already discussed this. We know exactly why, Rebecca. Because they're cowards and they know they're going to get sued. We know okay. exactly why. We don't need to discuss move it. move on now? Do guys during the meeting. Please do, Dave. Please adjourn this. Are we going to move on or you want to stop now? I, I move that we just adjourn the meeting at this point. I don't think anything constructive will happen with this board again. I'll second. All right. If everybody's in agreement to that, um, if everybody would like to end the meeting right now, please raise your hand. Can I make a comment to Dr. Morlock? Sure. Dr. Morlock, we know you and we trust you and this pains us terribly and and know that that your integrity has 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 spurred us to be be faithful servers of to our children and and we wish you well we're so sorry and and we just am am very disappointed in this decision Thanks, Rebecca. Just remember that from the, the darkest dark comes the brightest light. So everything will work out eventually. Okay. Thanks again. You're a bigger man than I am. All right. Meeting is adjourned. I love it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just love it. I think it's great. You're a bigger man than I am. Well, of course. He is a man. And you're a woman. He's always going to be a bigger man than you. <laughs> uh, why Why people weren't just belly laughing at that when she said that? Or even chiming in? I mean, does no one on these boards have a sense of humor? None of them. They're all just robots. Even the conservatives. I'd have been like, wait a minute. Did you just say you're a bigger that he's a bigger man than you are? I'd have, I'd have said in the meeting, well, of course. Yes, he has male genitalia. You do not. This will always be the case. What is wrong with you? Oh, oh, and then she just keeps crying. It's so pathetic. It's so pathetic. These people, I'll tell you what, they exhaust me. They absolutely exhaust me with their stupidity. From the darkest of times comes the brightest of light. Okay, Lennon, go back to your hole where you came from. Um, yeah. Cut them loose. Fire these people. It's that simple. The guy wouldn't take the BML flags down. I'm sure he was, it's Portland for Christ's sake. I'm sure, I'm sure he was finding other things to do. Other ways to infiltrate the curriculum. 
um, countless other radical things he was supporting. I'm, I'm certain of it. So not removing the flags, small potatoes compared to what was probably really going on behind the scenes that, you know, we're not going to know about, but who cares? Another one bites the dust, and I'm cool with that. Okay, now on to how our wonderful patriots, Canadian truck driver, responded to their trucking employer. They were asked to fill out a questionnaire, which I'm going to read here, and they received an email first, again, I believe, followed by a very short questionnaire, but I'm not going to give away the trucking company's name, but it says the following. It says, Dear Drivers, As you are aware, there is currently discussion between the U.S. and Canadian governments in regard to vaccination requirements for truck drivers beginning in 2022. Their company supports our industry associations, the OTA and CTA, in their endeavors to push out the Biden administration's timeline. To help us understand the impact this may have on our employees, we ask that you complete the attached survey and hand it in to a member of our safety department or HR. At this time, the company does not have a vaccination requirement for drivers. We are just seeking to understand the impact on the fleet should the U.S. mandate vaccination requirements. Thank you for your help and continued service. Sincerely, blah, 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 blah. Now, we know what that sentence means. At this time, they do not have a vaccination requirement for drivers. We're just seeking to understand the impact that this will have on the fleet regarding the U.S. mandate and blah, blah, blah. Well, as of right now, the mandate's dead. So there isn't one, as far as I know. Trucking might be a different thing, but the mandate is dead. It doesn't exist. Not a law anyway, but it doesn't exist now. In any case, clearly as a company, they're trying to figure out who's jabbed, who's not, who wants to get jabbed, who will never get jabbed, and then they play a simple game of math to figure out who they want to replace or who they'll have to replace or what have you. So the questionnaire that went out was five, five questions. Uh, question number one, it says, have you received all required doses of a vaccine that are considered to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19? And then it wants you to circle yes or no. And then question number two says, if you are not fully vaccinated, have you received your first shot? Yes or no. Question three, if you have received your first shot, what month will you receive your second shot? November, December, other? Question four, it says, if you have not received any shots, do you plan to get a COVID-19 vaccine within the next 60 days? Yes, no, or not sure. And then it says, let's see, question five, I do not wish to provide the information at this time. And then please print your name and signature. Um, yeah. So here was their response. They decided to email back their company, and here's what they said. A fantastic, uh, a fantastic response, I thought. 
It says the following. I'm leaving their name out of it, of course. It says, good evening. This email's in response to the request to fill out a questionnaire regarding the COVID-19 injection. The timing of this request certainly couldn't be more ironic since it was sent on Remembrance Day. How many soldiers have lost their lives or been maimed throughout our history in the name of freedom? This request to fill out a form regarding our stance on these injections is a violation of our Privacy, Privacy Act, and this worldwide agenda threatens our sovereign bodily autonomy and freedoms that we were born with, not given. The fallen soldiers understood this and would be turning in their graves if they could see how people are just giving up their rights and freedoms so readily. Their graves are being stomped on. I will not be submitting any data in regards to my personal status or future status in regards to these shots. Any society that gives up freedom for safety ends up with neither freedom or safety. Just one question. What is your line in the sand? Booster 3, 4, 10? It would be prudent to think long and hard about this. And then they sign their name. Uh, I, I got to tell you, that right there is a patriot that we are going to need going forward. These are the kinds of lions that, that have to exist. These are the kinds of people that we need on our side. Every, every day moving forward. They don't have to maintain their position within this job forever, clearly. If they don't want to. But you have to eventually say enough is enough. And just say, no, I'm not going to do this. And yes, any employee, I would think, clearly has the right to respond in such a manner. You don't have to fill out these quote-unquote forms. Tell us, tell us about your vaccine status. Tell us about this. Tell us about that. You know, I remember when I was a school teacher consistently being coerced into or threatened and intimidated into doing two things, both of which I completely disagreed with. One of them I ended up going through with um, because I wanted to ultimately see what the process was. I just wanted to see the process. And it turned out, I mean, it was an awful process. But it had to do with, number one, would I, would I ever join the union? Because again, when you're a school teacher, the administrators know who is a member of a, union, a teacher's union and who is not in particular the local district union. I mean, they know. They have a list of the names of the people that are or are not um, a part of the union. And so almost on a yearly basis, I would have either a counselor or a fellow co-worker come by my room, walk into my room uninvited, and simply say, are you a member of the union? And I'd say, no, not going to be. Well, I tell you what, you'd better be, because if something bad happens, that's always the line. Well, if something bad happens, and I just kept saying, I'm not a coal miner. I'm not a coal miner. There are laws that everybody has to follow. I know what those are. I've read my contract. I know what's in it. The fact is, is that everybody has laws to follow, and unions are simply there to cover up illegality. That's, that's what it's there for. It's there to keep it, quote unquote, in-house. So I never signed the union papers until almost my way out the door when I felt like I had to, and I found out, of course, that that was a mistake ultimately in the end as well. It didn't cost a ton of money or anything, 
but it was just a waste of time because, again, they don't represent school teachers. The second thing had to do with medical uh, diagnostics. They started to threaten workers by telling them that an extra $25 would be coming out of their monthly paycheck if they didn't go to the district's county doctor's office or whatever it was, medical office, and step on the scale that every human being, regardless of size, shape, age, whatever, has stood on. It was remarkably inaccurate. I think at one point it said I weighed 170 pounds. At the time, I was probably 139, 144 pounds soaking wet. Um, I didn't weigh a lot back then. It wasn't. It was sort of an unhealthy weight, to say the least. But I was under a lot of stress, so there you have it. But um, there was that, and then there was a blood draw where they wanted to draw your blood, and then and of course they wanted to test it for cholesterol and this, that, and the other. And wouldn't you know it? As soon as the and it's a, again, it's a giant hassle. You, you're taking you're taking a piece of paper of your of your describing that you've gotten your blood tested to a blood testing place and then they order the blood and then they end up getting it from the county office and blah 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 it's just this huge hassle next thing i know i get a letter in the mail that says my insurance might be going up because i'm one point over what's considered the healthy limit for cholesterol i forget what the exact number was i was sitting at like 99 and it said, uh, I'm one point away from 100. And if I'm 100, then, I, then it's bad cholesterol. And I thought to myself, bullshit, this entire thing is a giant insurance scam. It's a way for all of the sheep to go right into the slaughterhouse, get tagged, get tested. And then next year, when they roll out the new yearly insurance plan for all teachers, it's higher than it was the year before because every blood-sucking um, soda drinking piece of trash has basically been again standing on the same scale and they've all decided to get their blood tested and I've been over this in the past by the way the business of I know I'm getting off on a tangent here but bear with me there's a point um, I've been off uh, I've, I've described how again drug addiction um, overeating lack of physical ex exercise is is rampant in the education business among their employees. It's rampant. Um, with that said, I didn't do those things. Exercised constantly, was in great shape. Um, but I'm the one who's having to pay for it now because Mr. and Miss So-and-so down the line can't keep their hands out of a bag of chips. That That's where, I, I again, I went through the process and it was a learning process to say the least because here I am. Uh, a decade and a half later describing it to you. So that right there, again, should prove to everybody that all of these mandates, regardless of the line of work that a person is in, is remarkably destructive because it's just, it's, it's just another wave that's eroding the coast of freedom. It's just hitting that hitting that coast and then pulling more freedom out to sea. And then it roll, rolls up again and hits it, and then it just pulls more back. It's just one step forward, and you just start losing land one step at a time. But this Canadian truck driver, bless her heart, has basically just said, fuck it. I'm not doing any of this, and I don't care what you think. 
It's not happening. That right there again is the kind of person that we need going forward in the world. Not the people that say, thank you, sir, may I have another. Yes, I'll fill out all your mandates. Thank you, sir, may I have another. No. No, those people won't be around much longer. But people like this, they will be. So God bless them and thank, uh, I thank them for listening and being on the podcast and sending me more and more information. They know who they are and I love them dearly. Okay, here's the, the, uh, the last thing. And this is also a bit of a comedy piece to lighten things up slightly. This was the hit piece that was written about me <clears throat> from a high school senior in the local high school here in uh, an awful, awful publication online called the Oxford Observer, oxfordobserver.org. There is nothing um, objective about this publication, not a single thing. And it doesn't matter that this was just written by a high schooler, a high school senior. Um, there are adults that work here and, and write. And they're awful. I mean, their writing skills are terrible. They clearly don't think clearly. It's evident in their writing. And it's um, completely slanted. These people just have no objectivity whatsoever. None. They all live in an echo chamber. And what they don't seem to understand and won't understand is that echo chambers are deadly. And echo chambers get people killed. When you say or hear the exact same thing over and over and over again from countless people, that's going to back up on you. So, here's the article. I'm going to read it, provide some commentary, and I find it to be rather funny. This was written on October 29th. I'm not going to mention the high school student's name. I could. I could probably even drive to the school, knock on the door, uh, and ask to speak with this individual and give them you know, a polite lesson in what journalism actually is, because they lie about me throughout this entire thing, even when it comes to the most basic of, of, of things. Um, but I'll get into that here as I, as I read. It is titled, I'm not kidding, Science Battles False Information on COVID-19. This is written on October 29th. It says follow, the following, quote, at the August 16 meeting of the Talawanda Board of Education, a man who identified himself as, <laughs> I find that funny, like I'm, like I'm not who I say I am. <clears throat> a man who identified himself as Dr. Sean Brooks declared that everyone who has received the mRNA vaccine against COVID-19 will die within the next five years. Brooks says he has a doctorate degree has studied health medicine and anatomy for 21 years, and has published 23 books. He also made false claims that people who have been vaccinated for COVID-19 are now sterile, suffering from blood clotting, and have dramatically decreased immune systems. Let me go over that paragraph again. What's interesting is, is the, the combination, it's not even a paragraph, it's two sentences. Um, paragraph is three sentences, but whatever. Uh, again, it's a high school student. I could, I could pick this apart word by word. The proximity of the first sentence to the second sentence makes it sound like she's implying that I don't have a doctorate degree and that I lied about that, that I haven't studied health, medicine, anatomy, and physiology for 21 years. I have. And that I haven't published 23 books. I have published 23 books. 
I believe at least eight of them are in my own name, and the rest are with the uh, title Anonymous. Um, and I've been over that book series before, and a couple of anonymous books that I've written in the past. Again, that's not new, but they didn't do their due diligence because, again, these people hate due diligence because it requires thinking, which is something that they can't do either, and it requires work. If anybody was ever interested in in finding out information about a person, okay, what a person has done, where a person is, whatever. First of all, you can see my face in the picture in this article. So they're showing what I look like. That's number one. Number two, um, I don't have to have my face associated with every piece of work that I do, but people don't know how to use or think to use, I should say even, um, the search bars that exist on numerous browsers. It's not just Google search bar that you use to find information. If a person gets on Amazon and types in my name, things are going to pop up. You type in my name on DuckDuckGo, different things are going to pop up. Type my name in on um, the search bar for YouTube or BitChute, things are going to pop up. That's the way that people should search for information about people. And if you end up hitting dead end after dead end after dead end, and it, and it turns out that the picture and the person's description of what they're saying doesn't match up with what you're finding, then it's probably not that person. Again, if, if I gave a damn about what people thought, I wouldn't be doing this. Um, it's the truth. I, that's the only thing that I care about here. So I, f I found that two-sentence paragraph to be uh, just ridiculous. It gets worse, though. The next one says the following, quote, A day later, Oxford resident Dana Dugan, Dunnigan, I think, spoke against COVID-19 mandates at an Oxford City Council meeting. Now, this is interesting because then, of course, they're lumping me with this other woman who doesn't like the mandates either um, and basically painting both of us as being lunatics. I think it's hilarious. I thought this was a comedy piece when I first read it. Um, it's, it they were quoted apparently as saying the following, um, this Dana gal. Quote, this vaccine has not been out there very long, so I applaud the people with wisdom who are saying, I'm not, I'm going to wait and see, she said. I don't want to put something in my body when I don't know what will happen, unquote. Dunnigan added that she is a licensed physical therapist in Ohio and that during training, she was taught protective equipment such as masks are more for one's own safety than for others. I would implore you, please don't take away my freedom, quote-unquote, she said. Now, this is a very well-intended person, this Dana Dunnigan. I have nothing against her, except for that last quote, if she in fact said it. If she said to the city council, I would implore you, please don't take away my freedom, that person is lost. They're lost, because no government ever gets to take away your freedom because they didn't give it to you in the first place. God can snatch it from you, I suppose, but he, God gave us freedom. It's ours always, always. We, 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 never, we never lose it. And you don't look at a tyrannical board of Marxists ever and say the word please. You never do that, ever. What you say is, is you say, make me. That's the only thing that needs to be said to these kinds of people. Make me. Make me wear a mask. 
make me take a jab. Make me. That's it. But a person, again, who says, I would implore you, quote, please don't take away my freedom. You've already lost it then. You've already given it up. If you're, if you're actually saying that out loud, you've already given it up, and they're smiling and smirking behind their mask because they know that they've got you already. It continues here, quote, Brooks's claims about the vaccine are false, which, by the way, I should preface this. Uh, there's not a single reference in this entire article uh, justifying the author's point of view on anything. Not one. Um, okay, sorry. I'll start over. Brooks's claims about the vaccine are false. There have been no mass death reports connected to vaccination rates. Experts assure infertility isn't a side effect of the vaccine. The mRNA vaccine has not been linked to blood clotting. The vaccines work to improve the body's immune system, not tear it down. Every line of that is false. And again, please learn how to write. You don't indent down unless it's usually after three sentences. You try to keep it a paragraph to be three sentences, not a line. You're just making a statement, and your statement is filled with garbage. Not a single line in that is true. Efforts to reach Brooks, this was great too, I thought, and I laughed out loud at this one. Efforts to reach Brooks for comment on his story were unsuccessful. Although he claimed to be from Oxford, he is not listed as a member of Miami University's faculty, and no local address could be found for him. First of all, I was ne they never reached out to me. Not over email, not over phone, never left a message, nothing. Not once. I didn't even get a letter. Nothing. So that's a lie. So this person, again, is delusional and a liar. They're probably double-jabbed anyway, so it's all downhill from here. Um, <clears throat> the next line, although he claimed to be from Oxford, he's not listed as a member of Miami University's faculty. First of all, you can live in this town, have a PhD, and not work at the university. That's what I do. I'm not employed by the university. I wouldn't want to be. The place is a, it's a shithole. Um, faculty and no local address could be found for him. If you can't find the address of a person by simply looking up their name on the internet, then you're an idiot. And again, it's a broad statement here. Sorry for the name calling, but the, the fact is, is that you have the search skills of a first grader. Anybody can find the address of anybody online. So this business of we're going to dox you, um, look, it's not, uh, it's not tough. It's not tough to find, it's, it's just not tough. Not tough to find someone's address. It continues, Dunnigan may have personal reasons for caution, but experts have proven through rigorous testing and clinical trials that mRNA vaccines are safe. Sweetheart, there were no clinical trials. There weren't any. Uh, these vaccines instruct cells to produce a harmless piece of spike protein from the coronavirus. <laughs> Who wrote this? Did the CEO of Pfizer write this? It's hilarious. Not a line of this is true. Not one. These vaccines instruct cells to produce a harmless piece of spike protein from the coronavirus, which then will trigger an immune response that teaches the body how to prevent further infection. Through mRNA vaccines, 
Though mRNA vaccines are newly available to the public, researchers have already studied them for decades for diseases such as flu, Zika, and rabies. Good Lord. It continues, and you're going to love this too. It's a rather long article, and I am going to finish the whole thing because they decided to quote a Miami University professor, and then I responded to that university professor. So I'm going to continue here. It says, quote, Though the inaccuracies in Dunnigan's comments were less egregious than in Brooks's, both contain misrepresentation of the scientific information provided by medical experts. Throughout the pandemic, many Americans have shunned expert advice, preferring to follow alternate alternate sources to do their own research instead. Yes. Yes. Because when a person says, I'm an expert on your TV, on the nightly news, chances are they're not. In fact, they probably just aren't. It continues, in Ohio, only about 55% of the population has received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, despite encouragement from Centers for Disease Control and Prevention experts and elected officials. Aw, isn't that too bad? We don't do what government tells us. Beyond the coronavirus hot debate continues, uh, wait a minute, sorry, I'll start over. Quote, beyond the coronavirus... Hot debate continues in other areas of science, from climate change to whether or not vaccination causes autism. What a random statement. Climate change is a hoax, always has been. Club of Rome created it to extort money from people. Period. Do they manipulate the weather? Yeah, they do. Not to our benefit. It's manipulated by the very people who are selling you the line climate change. I've been over this. That's number one. By the way, vac- uh, vaccinations do cause autism. That is actual legal and medical proof. It's been brought to court. It's been proven. The Children's Defense Fund, run by Robert Kennedy Jr., um, yeah, it's been proven to be the case. So again, it doesn't surprise me that a senior in high school is as illiterate as she is. But if she considers this to be an accurate piece. She's sorely mistaken. Okay, now, now they're going to quote this uh, head of graduate studies in psychology at Miami University, and this is absolutely hilarious. It says the following, quote, it's both a psychologically interesting time and a little bit scary about how far some of the misinformation has gone into the national conversation, unquote, said Christopher Wolf, director of graduate studies in psychology at Miami University. According to Wolf, there are a variety of factors as to why people might believe misinformation. Now, again, the irony here is palpable because all you have to do is flip the coin and show them a mirror as they read it. I mean, as these people write this and say this, just put a mirror in front of their face because it's actually they that are psychologically projecting onto other people their own lack of knowledge. It's incredible. Um, He says, quote, One thing is that so many of us are not getting our news from the same sources anymore, he said. No kidding, because if everybody gets it from the same place, what does that mean? You trick everybody. Certainly, he says, through the internet, 
People tend to get news from sources that fit their general worldview, and algorithms maximize engagement as opposed to accuracy, unquote. In this way, things that might appear bizarre to one group of people might make sense to another. Wolf also said that people who believe in misinformation may just want to understand news in a manner they find agreeable. He says, quote, people like to connect the dots and inhabit a world that makes sense to them, he said. Sometimes these conspiracy theories help people feel like things are fitting together and making sense. The same could be said about you, and I've been over false equivalency on this podcast on endless occasions. Ladies and gentlemen, someone is right about this and someone is wrong. It's that simple. We can't both be right. And there are varying degrees of us both being wrong. But, yeah, someone's really, really wrong here. It continues, from a psychological standpoint, which, by the way, I don't know if I've summarized psychology before, and I have arrived at this conclusion after hours and hours and hours of reading and listening uh, as well to... Current and past psychologists, psychology is a satanic profession, in my professional opinion, that seeks to justify immoral satanic behavior by giving it names and definitions. Instead of people just growing up, paying attention to the present, paying attention to the past, and moving forward, they have to make just erroneous um justifications for their own outrageous and immoral behavior. That's the field of psychology in a nutshell. The the whole field should burn to the ground, as far as I'm concerned. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, Okay, so it says, from a psychological standpoint, quote, Human beings don't necessarily have to believe conspiracies for them to have influence. Sometimes, the sensationalized nature of these claims causes them to be appealing, even if there is no concrete evidence. You got that right. You got that right, sweetheart. It continues, quote, the, A third reason, Wolf said, is domain-specific knowledge from the standpoint of cognitive psychology. This helps explain why some educated adults and even healthcare professionals may believe false information. Quote, you could have a very reasonable scientific understanding about, for example, things in your garden and what makes plants grow, but still have misconceptions about global warming, or how greenhouse gases work, he said. There are certain places where we have blinders on, for what our own weaknesses are. Unquote. Convincing someone of the right facts takes dialogue, patience, and listening. That's what the author says. Keep that in mind going forward here. Quote, people don't like somebody just talking down to them or telling them that they're idiots, unquote, said Wolf. If you know the facts, it's easy to get frustrated at people who don't, but it's counterproductive to dialogue. I'm going to I'm going to tell you what I did here at the end of this article. I trust me it's well it continues but whatever. Um oh, I don't know. I'll I'll continue here. I'll try to read it a little faster. 
It says the following, The Internet environment only makes it hard for these civil conversations to be held. A group of scientists at Georgetown University did research with online trolls and vaccination content and found half their stuff was actually considered pro-vaccine, he said. However, this content diminished the fears of parents who had concerns about vaccines instead of actually addressing and, ins- and assuring them. You see, they're not interested in the facts. They're interested in convincing you that they're right. That's what these people are interested in. They just want to tell you that you're wrong and then do whatever they have to do to convince you that they're right. I'm not interested in convincing anybody I'm right. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in people thinking for themselves. What I find funny about this article and any hit piece that's been written about me is they refuse to go through what I said line by line, line by line, and actually find it where it says that doesn't happen without, again, pointing at their television or referencing uh, Tony Fauci. It says, uh, quote, online, you also have to be willing to call people out and say, I don't think that's true, or ask them for a source, Wolf added. But that's not, but that's not that fun. People go to the internet for fun. If you want likes and happy, emo- and happy emojis, and I'm confronting you about the accuracy of your information, it's hard to do that with a positive spirit. Oh, my. Well, he's got that right, but from the wrong end. Um, she continues, quote, In real life, oh, well, okay, she's quoting Wolf again. This is why it's poorly written. In real life, Wolf said that we can teach, that we can each try to combat misinformation by logically speaking to someone who believes something false. Quote, there's misinformation that all the people who are hospitalized with COVID-19 are really hospitalized from bad side effects of the vaccine. Mm, yeah, that's that's true, actually. Um, that's why they're in the hospital. And that's just not true, they said. Oh, of course. Well, they said it, so it must be true. It wouldn't take that much work just to show some somebody evidence otherwise. But it takes some positive conversation, and that's something we don't have a lot of patience for right now. Okay, I really don't want to read the rest of this article. I'm done reading it. It's longer. It, I mean, it continues. And then the, the, she references um, a fourth grader by the name of Barbara Hamilton, who, you know, I try to think, I try to teach my fourth graders to think, and blah, 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 blah. I, you know, I don't know this fourth grade teacher's uh, political proclivity and I, I don't care. Um, I'm just I'm going to end it there. The entire basis for what they're doing is rooted in this. If we want to, from their end now, if they want to talk to you about something, they should have the right to do it. But if you want to talk to them, if you, the freedom, knowledgeable, uh, independence-loving human being, want to talk to a Marxist, you have to talk to the Marxist using their lingo on their terms when they want, how they want, over and over and over again, or else we'll just walk away and we'll name call you and tell you that you're crazy. It is a mental illness, ladies and gentlemen. Liberalism is an actual mental illness. Marxism is a mental illness. It is. It is a product of brainwashing from being born into the matrix of brainwashing and then 
again, depending on who you're around and who your company is and what company you keep and your family members and what have you. I mean, all of that are massive. All of those things are massive influences on how an individual operates going forward. It does not mean for a moment that people cannot shake themselves out of that way of thinking. Unlearn what they have learned. Deprogram themselves over the course of time and then learn the truth. Because what we end up realizing when we get to that point, as I have and countless other individuals have, is you end up arriving at two very basic foundational level truths, I think, that exist. Number one, everything that we have been taught, by and large, in school is a lie. And number two, God is real and it's provable. If a person cannot prove those two things to you, then that person is not awake. They are dead asleep. And that's it. And I actually feel very bad for this high school student. I feel terrible for her. She's growing up in a time where the Marxism is everywhere. She probably Googles things, for God's sakes. Huge problem. Huge mistake. Um, she, she uses, again, just Google as a search engine. I don't know anybody that uses Google as a search engine. Because if you don't know what they're up to and what they've been up to and their entire point of existing, again, you're dead asleep. But if, if a person does not arrive again at those two foundational pillars that I just mentioned, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But it's interesting because when we wake up from the matrix, you can see people that are still in the matrix. And it makes me physically sick. I mean, it makes me ill to, to see this and read this and hear it, not because it's about me. It's because it's actually more about them and just how ill they are. And, and that's the problem. Um, of course, they would say the same thing about me. And, you know, it didn't bring me great joy writing this because, you know, you're a lunatic and said everybody's going to die. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say. That's, that's really about it. Um, so here's what I did because I'm a nice guy and I'm taking them up on their offer, of which, of course, is a total bluff and a complete pump fake. There's no way that um, they actually mean what they say. And I know that, which is why I did the following. I emailed this professor, Dr. Christopher Wolf. He lives in the same town as me, for God's sake. And I said, uh, hi, Dr. Wolf. My name is Sean Brooks. Um, I wanted to let you know that I was made aware of this article that was written apparently a couple of weeks ago, and I linked the article, and I said, and you were, you were quoted uh, in the article as well. If you're interested in having a dialogue or a conversation in one of your classrooms with you and your students, I would love to attend and speak on this specific issue. And then I said something like, of course, it's completely your call whether you want to do it or not. Be well. Sean Brooks, PhD. That's all I said. Um, that was just a couple of days ago. Haven't heard anything back. And I know for a fact that university professors check their emails on a daily basis, multiple times a day. So he's gotten the email. He's read it. Um, whether he invites me into his class or not is another matter, but I sure hope he does, because that would be interesting. 
and I don't need any notes, and I don't need to go in with anything written down. I'll just show up, and I'll just talk to them or answer their questions or whatever. And, I mean, yeah, I'd be pretty straightforward with it. And uh, let's see if they actually want to engage in their so-called dialogue that they think is so important. So, I bet they won't. My money's on no. But who knows? I've been fooled in the past. Um, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. This week is going to get interesting. Um, I have a feeling you might hear about me later this week again. Time will tell. But I'll keep you in the loop as best I can, probably after it happens. And uh, yeah, with that said, I'll talk to you on Wednesday. And Wednesday will be a good episode. I'm certain of it. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.